This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're previewing the 2016 Bates football season. They play their first game at Trinity this Saturday at 1 o'clock. Volleyball has their home opener this Wednesday against rival Bowdoin, and the cross-country golf and tennis teams had some standout performers this past week. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The cross-country teams excelled this weekend, hosting the likes of Tufts, WPI, Southern Maine, and Wellesley at Pineland Farms for their first official meets of the season. The men's team finished first out of four teams, helped in large part by placing five runners in the top ten. The top Bates runner? That would be James Jones, a first year from Colorado Springs who finished fourth overall with a time of just over 26 minutes. For his outstanding performance, Jones is our male Bobcat of the week. It was kind of exciting to get my first 8K out of the way, and it was the home course, so a lot of the kids on the team knew it really well, and they they felt really confident going into the race. So even though I wasn't very experienced on the course, it was nice to have a pretty positive atmosphere around. Absolutely. Now, you're from Colorado, so tell us about how you even found out about Bates up here in Maine and why you decided to come here. Well, my high school coach was really fond of all the NESCAC schools, and he really recommended that I look into them. And so, um, you know, when I contact, when, when in contact coaches, um, Coach Fresh and, you know, the other, the other Bates faculty members were very positive, and I, I was able to contact them through email and kind of get a feel for what the school would be like. And it just seemed like a really positive vibe, and so I, I applied a early decision, and uh, here I am. Did you visit at all, or did you come here sight unseen? I came here sight unseen. <laughs> so it's still getting laid to land, right? What's the, like, the uh, adjustment process been for you to, uh, to college and, and to Bates specifically from coming from Colorado? Um, it hasn't been too tough so far. It's been really, really smooth. Um, very nice people overall, pretty much very, very similar to what I would have expected. You obviously ran at elevation then in high school, and so now you don't have to do that anymore. Is it, is it easier now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's easier, but the times are just faster. So, you know, the the races feel very similar to how they would at, what, what at high altitude, except that you're running faster for the, with the same effort. Um, in training, it does make a pretty significant difference because the recovery time at altitude is noticeably slower, and so that's where it really um, becomes kind of obvious. And what's been the training like so far for you with your teammates and everything, getting adjusted to that? I mean, uh, is it more intense in high school or is it about the same? Um, Yeah, it's more intense for sure. It's a little bit lower mileage than what I was running in high school and then with a significantly higher intensity than at least what I was doing over the summer. So, yeah, pretty much the same amount of mileage and just more more workouts now than what I was doing before. What was the moment like when you found out the team had won the race this past weekend? Because that's you know pretty cool to finish first there. Yeah, it was really good. Um, you know, it was a smaller race, so you kind of got to keep things in perspective. Yeah. But but it was really good to you know to have a positive race real early off in the season. And I think I think everyone really felt good about the result. What's Coach Fresh like so far? <laughs> um, he's 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 pretty serious, but he's you know he's very outgoing, really enthusiastic. You know, you can tell he really. He, he loves the team and he loves what he's doing. I think he's he's been there a really long time, so you know he's 
clearly got some stuff working pretty well. And then in the classroom, obviously, classes started recently. So what's that adjustment been like? Because, I, I, you know, initially the first few weeks, you don't have class. Now you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's always nice in the summer, you know, not <laughs> you know, just to be able to, like, focus on the things that, you know, you would do voluntarily, you would do anyway. But, <laughs> but I mean, the, you know, relative to high school, the, the workload's, you know, very equivalent. The, you know, the teachers are also very, you know, very enthusiastic to be liking, liking what they're teaching. So you know, it's been it's been really nice so far. Plus, I haven't had any big projects to yet, so yet, right. so it's been uh, it's it's been pretty easy so far. What are you most looking forward to about the rest of the season? You know, um, well, I'm really looking forward to the Kentucky race that's in two weeks. Um, I'm looking forward to regionals and SCACs and just kind of the big races. Are you going to be planning to run track also then? Yeah, I'll be running indoor and outdoor track. I think. Okay, so what's it going to be like? You think, or what are you thinking about? You know, being in season every single you know fall, winter, and spring. Yeah, it's it's a it's a little bit more pressure because you don't just you don't have an off season where you can just kind of um, just do training on your own and not really have to worry about what anyone else is doing. But at the same time, you you get to constantly be assessing your performances against other people, and even though it is another season, there's going to be a lot of the time where even if we are doing races every week, we're not going to be tapering every week. And so we'll basically be replacing in high school. I might've been doing two to three workouts a week and in college. Now when we're racing, you know, all through the middle of the, the winter, I'll be doing one to two workouts probably. And then a race. And so the race will just replace the a workout. Gotcha. And then, um, you know, Looking from the you know the team perspective, what's the team dynamic like so far? Obviously, your first year is coming in with a lot of guys who you mentioned are very experienced. Yeah, and it was they were re- they were really welcoming, um, and a lot of them were offering me tips and stuff. So yeah, it was really really good team atmosphere. The women's cross country team finished second to Tufts out of four teams. They were strong at the top with junior Catherine Cook finishing second overall and senior Jessica Wilson finishing first out of 66 runners with a time of just over 18 minutes. It's Wilson's first first place finish in an official cross country meet in her college career, and she is our female Bobcat of the Week. Joined by our female Bobcat of the Week, Jessica Wilson, to talk about the women's cross country team, and first of all, your performance at the meet you um, you all hosted this past weekend. Your first victory in an official cross country meet here in college, what was it like? (laughs) It was very exciting. Um, Me and my fellow teammate, Catherine Cook, who's a junior, we ran the whole race together, Um, and so, you know, we really kind of shared that win between the two of us because um, we kind of strategically ran the race um, the whole time together and Pylon is such a mental course where it's so difficult with the amount of hills and so um, when everyone else was sort of going out as fast as they could we were kind of holding back and talking to each other the whole race and I think that definitely helped a lot um, and that definitely couldn't have finished that race without her because it was very challenging. Yeah, I'm always curious because obviously you're running with your teammate, but at some point you want to separate or she wants to separate to get that first place. And so (laughs) what's that? when did you decide to make your move, I guess? (laughs) Yeah. So the thing about Pineland is that last mile is is pretty much the most challenging mile. And so I think, um, you know, as as much as we can as a team, we try and run together throughout the whole race. Um, but eventually what ends up happening is just organically we do separate. Um, you know, someone might have a better day than someone else and someone, you know, might be better at hills or vice versa. Um, and so, yeah, I think the end of the race, um, we were both, you know, quite tired. Um, but you kind of just give it your all at the end of the race and just see whatever happens. 
Um, and ultimately, you know, I think it's no matter, you know, who comes in first or second, it's, it's, you know, it's all for sort of the team points. So it's kind of, it doesn't really matter, you know, the finishing order as long as, um, you know, Bates can sort of get a low or in this case, I think it was a high score, um, which, so that was pretty exciting. Yeah, and then, I mean, when did you start to realize throughout the race that you had a chance to, you know, win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of, didn't realize that was going to happen. Um, <laughs> we started the, the race, and we um, we were racing against Tufts and Wellesley and uh, WPI, and all of which are great teams, but Tufts is uh, nationally ranked, and I believe Wellesley might be as well. Um, but Tufts is a very, very um, strong team, and I think within the first maybe half mile, their whole team was ahead of us. Um, all 25 girls and me and Catherine just looked at each other and we said you know we can just let them go because you know we train at Pineland and we know what Pineland is like um, and if you go out fast at Pineland you're going to regret it and so you know for the first half of the race we were pretty far back um, and but we ultimately knew what was going to happen because this happened last year as well and it happens every single time um, that you just have to this is the type of race where you have to work your way up slowly and you have to race smart um, and if you don't, it will really come back and bite you because it's extraordinarily painful. So um, I think Catherine and I, you know, what we tried to do really was just sort of work our way up through the pack. And um, sadly for some of the other runners, <laughs> some of them, you know, got to that third mile and just worked out of steam. Um, and so, you know, by the time we got to the third mile, we were obviously very tired. But um, I think we sort of had positioned ourselves better in the long run um, compared to some of the other runners. So I think... You know, rounding that last, uh, there's a cutoff called the Oak Hill Cutoff, which is the last sort of part of the race. And rounding that, I think we started to realize, um, you know, where we would place, which was pretty exciting. Um, and then coming down that that finish line and finishing with Catherine was really rewarding. That was great. Is there a sprint at the end, or are you just jogging across? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, especially at Pineland, the finish is, it feels like it's miles and miles long. It's, its um, you know, you see the finish, but it's almost like you're running in sand. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, you kind of try your best to sprint to the finish, um, and especially some of our other teammates, um, one of our first years, um, Megan, she, you know, outkicked a girl, and so that can be the difference at the mm -hmm. end between you know, us as a team winning or losing um, in some of these meets. And so trying your best to sort of kick at the end, even though it's incredibly painful, is really important. And then, you know, cross-country, you're training so much. I mean, you run for miles upon miles upon miles, and the races are actually shorter than your training right. by design, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so we run uh, girls cross-country runs anywhere between 25 and 50-ish miles a week, um, depending on you know, how injury prone you are, depending on your grade. And usually you, you increase your mileage um, as you go through your college career. And so, you know, we go on these long runs and we'll run uh, nine, 10 miles at Pineland on a Sunday. Um, and then when it comes time to race the three miles, um, you know, it's, it's still very challenging because obviously the pace is increased, but it's um, way more mentally manageable. And, you know, your muscle memory comes back in your legs and you remember what, you know, certain hills feel like. And so I think we had a huge advantage over the other teams uh, racing at Pineland this past weekend. And then you're a senior now, so goals for this, uh, uh, I mean, the season's just started, but goals right. for the year for you? Yeah, I mean, I think this cross-country season, we're pretty excited. We have a really strong team, very small team this year. We have 23 girls, usually we have about 30. Um, so we have a strong but mighty team this year, and so we're really excited. 
Um, and last year we had a really great NESCAC finish. Um, and so I would just say, you know, to the best of our ability, we'll try to do our best at states. We're at Pineland again, which is exciting. So hopefully we can win because um, that would be great. And then, you know, just trying to have a great NESCAC race and hopefully improve on uh, regionals is always a great goal for us. And so I think just as a team, I think just progressing and, you know, we have a lot of up-and-comers, a lot of really talented freshmen and a lot of sophomores who have really stepped it up. So I think it'll be a really good season. All right, well, looking forward to it. Uh, Jessica, thanks so much for joining us here on the Bobcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. The men's tennis team competed at the Middlebury Invitational this weekend and the doubles team of sophomore Josh Quijano and first-year Nick Glover shined, advancing all the way to the finals of the A-Flight. Their run to the championship match featured wins over teams from Brandeis, Middlebury, and Skidmore. While they fell 8-5 to in their final match to finish runner-up, it could be the beginning of something big for the duo. Quijano and Glover joined the Bobcast to talk about their run at the Middlebury Invitational. Josh, you competed last year in it, and this time advancing farther all the way to the finals. So what was different about this year? What was working for you out there on the court? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely practiced hard over the summer, and um, I definitely wanted to improve from last year. So when I went on the court this year, I was just hungry for the win, did everything I could, hustled for every ball, and then uh, Nick right by my side also helped me with it. So it was a great tournament. Yeah, and obviously, Nick, you being a first year, it's your first ever tournament as a collegian. So what was the experience like for you? Uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was a lot more, like, chill than I thought it'd be. So I, like, really enjoyed it. And then it was nice having, like, the whole team like cheering you on oh, yeah. while you were playing that just gave you like a little extra boost to try to win it so it was awesome and then as a sophomore you're the elder statesman in this group so what do you tell them about what it takes to succeed there <laughs> uh we we definitely had to be more focused than instead of like just playing around like in practice but um when we, when we went on the court, we, we, we weren't really focused on just the winning part. We were focused on having fun. We, we both like were, were always smiling and stuff and uh, never never really um, never really got mad, you know. We, we, we always enjoyed it. One of the teams you beat was from Middlebury, and they were the top-seeded team, I believe, in yeah. the flight initially. And so do you guys even look at those rankings? Do you know who you're facing and what the accomplishment meant? Um, yeah, we, we knew very well because one of the guys, he played at Michigan last year, actually, and transferred over to Middlebury. So he, we, we already knew he was a stud. Yeah. But that just kind of got us like more excited. We really wanted to like see how good we could do, and then we just killed it. And this being the fall season, it's, it's a short one, just yeah. a couple tournaments. So how do you guys approach it? Um, well, we approach it like every other match. We, we focus and uh, we go in looking, looking to do our best. Uh, it doesn't matter which, if it's in the fall or the spring. We represent Bates and uh, we, we truly enjoy it. So, yeah. And excellent. And, you know, moving forward, what are you most looking to work on to take your game to the next level as a first year here at the college level? Uh, coach Gaskinway, he's kind of like, He's kind of like famous around these parts as being like a really good coach. And so I think he could take me or he could definitely help me maybe with like my serve and a couple other technical things as long as like as well as my uh, my mental stuff because I get a little mad on the court sometimes. And so he can like calm me down and stuff like that. Yeah, Coach Gaskin obviously went to Bates, class of 89, former All-American, so yeah. an institution here. Uh, Josh, what are you most looking to prove on now that it's been your second year in the program? Uh, I really, I re my, my goal this year is to become an All-American. We have ITAs coming up, so um, if Nick and I can win it in doubles, that'd be awesome, you know, represent Bates and then go to small college nationals. But yeah, slow and steady goals. Yeah, and then playing doubles, I mean, I, I'm, it's obviously a lot of difference between that and singles. Um, what's, what do you prefer? What, what's the differences for you? I've always preferred doubles, uh, personally, just because tennis is really, like, 
it's kind of lonely sometimes and so like playing doubles is kind of fun to like have someone to like talk to and like just kind of like it's just way more relaxing than singles i think so yeah how about you josh i totally agree doubles is way more fun i love the double scene like yeah if you're down you have your partner to pump you up and then vice versa so like it, it's just it's just a great environment i love playing doubles and then do you see this being the team in the spring because i know some guys don't play in the fall for various reasons whether they're abroad or whatnot yeah. what do you think um, I, I think Nick and I will, will probably stick together throughout the spring. We have a pretty solid lineup this year. We have Ben and Chris, obviously not here yet, but in the spring they're a really good doubles partner. So I think I think we're going to have a solid team this year. And then what have some of the older guys told you about, you know, Bates and what, what you can, can expect moving forward? <laughs> well, they've really stressed that, like, this year is kind of like a special year for Bates tennis. And so they've been, like, to me and the other freshmen, like, like stay focused, like, complete like the task at hand and we can make this year like a really good one well great start going to the finals there in the military invitational josh nick thanks so much for joining us thank you thank you the golf teams performed well at the main state championships over the weekend the women's golf team finished second out of three teams led by junior kelly wasserman who finished fourth out of 14 individuals meanwhile the men's golf team finished sixth out of 10 teams with junior Matt Marcus posting a two-day score of 153, which tied him with three other players for seventh place among 50 individuals. That was good enough to earn Marcus All-State honors for the first time in his career. Well, it's definitely been something I've been hoping to achieve at some point during my uh, Bates golf career. Uh, it's great to be able to do it this weekend. Some things were going right, and uh, I was making some good enough shots to... Uh, definitely achieve my goal. What was the course like? Um, obviously, you're pretty familiar with it, I imagine. <laughs> it was actually our, our first time we had played there, even though it's right down the road, which okay. is funny. Um, but the course was in okay shape. It was different from our home course. Uh, it was definitely very hilly. Um, there are some tough lies out there, but uh, I think we overcame any obstacles that, that might have presented. And what have you been working on this year to kind of take your game to the next level? Uh, this year, one major thing I've been working on is, is really the mental part of the game. Uh, sometimes it's difficult when you hit bad shots to come back from that and recover, and I've really been trying to put maybe poor shots in the past and really look forward to the next one and, and hopefully do better from there. Is it in the back of your mind as you're playing that you had a chance for All-State? What was going through your head? Uh, it was actually funny because both days uh, through the first six holes, I was six over par, which is not a good start. Um, so I think that might have actually put it to really the back burner, and, and maybe that once that pressure was kind of relieved, uh, it might have been easier to move forward from there. I have to ask, obviously, unfortunately, Coach Flynn passing away over the summer. Uh, what's the transition been like to the new setup? Yes. Uh, well, first off, he was an incredible coach, had a great spirit, um, and was always trying to help us do better mentally and was helping us with our game where he could. Um, this year, we have a really fantastic coach, Coach Upham, who is an Olympic ski coach. He's the Nordic ski coach for Bates, and he really has that competitive spirit, much like Coach Flynn did. So he's really picking right up from where uh, Coach Flynn left us, and he's doing a wonderful job. I know you've got some special instructors, also some pros helping you, right? Yes, the head pro at Martindale, Nick Lykos, and Kyle, I'm not sure of his last name, <laughs> um, but they're both out there uh, giving us instruction where we might want it or need it, and it's really a great addition to our team. 
And then the team overall, I mean, just your, I mean, a sixth place finish, you know, pretty strong. I mean, what was the, uh, your take of the team over, overall so far? Well, after the first day, we were in third place, and the second day we had, it was a bit of a struggle the second day, but we have a really strong team. No one graduated from last year, so we kept, um, we have a bunch of seniors this year, and we have some great incoming freshmen, who some of whom have already played in tournaments and done well, and hopefully um, the others will be playing in tournaments soon. Golf's interesting because obviously it's a very individual sport. You're out there basically by yourself. You might have a playing partner or whatever. And so how does the team kind of build camaraderie? If there's any chances to do that, really? Well, it's great that we get to practice together. We're all out there every day driving to the course, um, and we all get to practice in that sense. We're on the range and the putting green. And also during the tournaments, it's great to be able to see each other on different holes and see how they're doing maybe tips here and there or encouragement so even though it's an individual sport we still uh, definitely interact a lot on the course and during practice. What are some goals may you discuss perhaps individually or as a team moving forward because obviously we're only a couple you know tournaments into the year. Right well the I would say one major goal for us would be to do well in the NESCAC championship. Uh, we would love to be able to qualify for the spring tournament if we do well enough for NESCACs and it's something I, I feel as though we've been on the cusp the last few years and this year with some great additions to our team and everyone's still improving I think we have a real chance to do well. Yeah and it's tricky because you know everyone has to be on their A game at the same time kind of right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, there are some days when some guys are playing great, and then maybe the next day they might not do as well, and then the other guys are playing great. So if we can just really be cohesive and everyone really buckle down, I think we can do very well. The volleyball team picked up a dramatic 3-2 win at Southern Maine last Wednesday, and the Bobcats host Bowden this Wednesday at 7 o'clock for their first home match of the season. Coach Melissa Duran's squad is off to a 2-5 and five start this year, but if you look beyond the record, you see a team that has some big-time potential. Talking base volleyball with Melissa Duran, the head coach of the Bobcats, second year here now with the, with the program for you, and... Um, after the start so far this season, finally get a home match on Wednesday. What's your evaluation overall of the team through the first few matches on the road? I think that our evaluation, we you know, we talked in the beginning of the year what our entire season should look like and really focusing on the process and the steps to, to get us where we want it to be. And our big thing for the first quarter of our season is we just want to be playing hard. We don't have to be playing well yet, but we have to be playing really hard and with an intensity on the court. And I think that if you've seen us play for our first seven matches, there's been a really strong defensive intensity. There's been this just tremendous work ethic and, and toughness in our matches. And, and that's really gone to script for what we said we wanted the beginning of our season to be like. So we're definitely excited to be home, though. Yeah, I was going to follow up on that. Obviously, finally the first home match on Wednesday. I mean, how tough is it for the of players to play all those matches on the road to start the year? I don't know. I'd almost rather we start all these matches on the road and then ease into a home schedule as opposed to start off at home and be comfortable and, and cozy and, and have to go on the road towards the end. So I like the way our schedule is set up. We are uh, away heavy to start and home heavy at the end, and I think that's going to end up being actually a better system for us. And talk about some of the first years who have contributed right away. You look at Taylor Stafford Smith, Gabby Eustache. What, what do they bring to the table? One, uh, obviously, with a lot of kills, another being a libero. I think they just bring a really, you know, kind of dynamic personalities. We've got a really, we've got a really fun group, and we have this, this, 
unique group of 16 that work really well together. Um, you know, Gabby definitely brings uh, just this tremendous intensity to to our entire back row. Uh, and, you know, Taylor is just this really kind of calming, efficient presence in the front row. So they're two very different players, um, but they're what they're bringing to, to the table is melding together so well with what we already have. Great. And you mentioned that early in the season you focused on playing hard and, and you see what you need to improve. So mm-hmm. through your first few matches, what does need improvement here moving forward, in your opinion? I think just getting in a little bit more of, of an offensive system for us. You know, we, we're having this great defensive intensity. Our service team is actually pr- really strong for this time of year. Um, and, and just being able to now put that piece together with a little better offense. So our big focus in this next half of season is, is offense. Um, being able to, we've got a stable of hitters and being able to distribute the ball to all those hitters and, and get a little bit more efficiency out of all of our positions is what we're going to really be chasing for the next few weeks. And then it seems like obviously every match uh, Chandler McGrath is basically leading you in kills. She's sure. typically uh, what makes her so effective now as a senior and what, what does she need to do to you know, continue this performance throughout the year like she did last season? I think what you'll start to see is Chandler coming on even stronger. As our passing gets better, as our setting gets more consistent, we're putting Chandler in in better positions to to make stronger plays. You know, I think to in any volleyball season when you first start, it's a little sloppy, and Chandler's had to really kind of she's been asked to really kind of make something out of maybe nothing, and and has done really well with that. But as our passing has gotten better and our setting has gotten better. You know, she's in a position more so even you saw it this past weekend with her uh, kill statistics being higher, we're putting her in an even better position. So I expect Chandler's going to come on even stronger towards the end of the year, which is going to be a lot for another team to handle. And then Jacqueline Forney was a captain as a sophomore, yes. captain again as a junior. What what qualities does she have to make it so she was a captain at such a young age? Jack is just everything you could – if you could build a perfect – leader, Jack Jack would have every component of it. And I think it, her teammates recognize that. And I think they also recognize just how hard Jacqueline works. It's so easy to follow Jack because you know that whatever she's asking you to do, she would do 10 times herself. And that she just puts in so many hours to this, um, not just on the court, but off the court and in the weight room and all the things she does behind the scenes that she never wants or takes any credit for. Um, she's one of the most just tremendous leaders I've been fortunate to work with. Excellent. And then the last question for you, I'm see every team sets goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly you want to make the NESCAC tournament at a minimum, but what goals have you discussed with this team? Our goals, so our goals at the beginning of the year were to put ourselves in a really strong position in the NESCAC tournament and to do damage when we get there. We, we know that it's not the regular season winner that gets the bid. It's the tournament winner. And if we can just put ourselves in a good position to play tournament ball, we're, we're going to be really happy with that. So our goal early on, and we haven't discussed it since, but we said early on, this is what we want to do. We want to put ourselves in a great seat going into the tournament, and then we want to go in and surprise some people and do some damage. And if we can snag that NCAA seed, that's, that's really what this is all about. Um, we discussed that at the beginning of the year. We haven't talked about it since because we know – well, we have to work on the processes to take that it takes to get there, and that's really what we're focused on right now is that process. And then Wednesday, we mentioned the first home match, Bowden, tough yes. opponent. We saw that last year. Bowden, obviously, very tough. Uh, what did you learn from the experience playing them a couple times last year to apply this year? Or does not is not applicable at all. New season. I think it's 
I don't know that it's applicable at all, um, only because we have both teams have very different personnel sets now. I do like that it's a non-NESCAC match. I feel like that might free us up a little bit to to take some chances to be a little bit more aggressive without having those those NESCAC nerves that tend to permeate all of our NESCAC matches. Um, so I I don't know that we can apply anything from last year uh, to to seeing them again. Again, both teams are are pretty different at this point. All right, well, we're looking forward to the first home match this Wednesday again against Bowdoin. Melissa Durant, thanks so much. Thank you very much. The men's soccer team fought the University of New England to a 1-1 draw on Wednesday before falling to Tufts 3-0 on the road last Saturday. Meanwhile, the women's soccer and field hockey teams dropped matches to Bowdoin and Tufts respectively this past week. All three teams will look to bounce back this week with the men's soccer team visiting Bowdoin on Tuesday and all three squads hosting Wesleyan on Saturday and Williams on Sunday. And now, let's talk some football. The Bobcats visit Trinity this Saturday for a 1 o'clock kick to start the season. Bates head coach Mark Harriman joined the Bobcats to break down the Bobcats' chances on the gridiron this year. It's the 2016 Bates College football preview here on the Bobcats, joined by the head coach of the Bobcats, Mark Harriman, and to talk about the upcoming season. First game this Saturday coming up at Trinity, Coach. First of all, obviously a tough task to start the year going down to Connecticut. How are you preparing your team for such a tough early task? Because last year you had the same situation, kind of, when you hosted Amherst. It's, in some ways, pick your poison, whether it's Trinity Amherst. They've both been quality programs really since I've been here. Um, we're excited about the opportunity, and that's the way we approach it. We approach it as an opportunity, you know, coming out against one of the top teams in the conference right away certainly gives us a barometer of where we are uh, um, in regards to the rest of the season, so um, we're excited to go down there. Obviously, that's you know they're they're a very good football team, and um, we feel that our strengths match up with their strengths pretty well. So you know, that's looking forward to going down and getting it started. Absolutely, a little less than a month for training camp purposes for this team. Uh, so far, what have you? What's been the two biggest takeaways? Maybe you've noticed from camp. Uh, we've had great focus. I think that's the thing. You know, we, we've we've um, played a lot of guys a year ago that are back, and that's really paid great dividends going into camp this year with guys having you know a little more knowledge of of what they're doing on both sides of the ball and in the kicking game, and just the expectations that we have with the intensity level and the and the focus that we need in practice. And it's it, so far to me that's been the the a, a great plus for us excellent and then let's break it down you know kind of position by position almost essentially but obviously a, a new starting quarterback this year something you're familiar with breaking a new starting quarterback but it's sandy plashke he's a sophomore six foot one 190 pounds what have you noticed from him in camp working with the first team basically for the first time yeah no you know uh, sandy again had not not a bunch of game experience last year but he did learn our offense a year ago so he's um, really done a great job taking the next step and 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 kind of understanding his role in it uh, <clears throat> has done a great job throwing the football which I think is going to be a big plus for us and and um, you know certainly running the option he's more than capable of doing that athletically so 
we're really excited about how, how he's progressed. And one of the most important positions in this offensive system is the dive back. And Peter Boyer, sophomore, six foot, two hundred five, won the job in camp. What impressed you so much about him? Uh, his toughness. I mean, you know, he, he, he did play for us some last year, especially towards the end of the year. Um, you know, that's a, a very solid position for us. I think right now we've got three guys that will play in every game, um, you know that it, the, it's it's nice to have co- that type of competition at any position, and certainly with with um, with Tyler Jansen and Ryan Spillane both there as well. They're they're all they all bring a little something different to the table. Uh, Tyler, you know, is coming back from um, obviously being injured a little bit last year and, and coming from the the slot back position. So. Um, this it's a little bit of an adjustment for him, but I think you know it, he'll he'll just get better and better. And Ryan's a you know he's probably going to be our short yardage guy. He's going to be a guy that when we need to get those tough yards, he'll be in there. But I think I, Peter has done a really good job of his understanding. Brings a lot of enthusiasm to the um, to the group. I think that's something that um, you know we really uh, have looked for on offense, and he certainly provides that for us. That should definitely should be interesting to watch. You know, sophomore quarterback, sophomore dive back, at least starting there in Boyer. And then looking at um, the slot back position, you have a host of slot backs, obviously. But one guy who stands out at least to me, you know, Frank Williams was banged up last year, but still had a very productive season when healthy. What makes him so effective and how nice is it to have him healthy right now? Yeah, I, I mean, again, that's that's a deep position for us as well. If, you know, obviously that's the, the magic word is keeping, keeping them healthy. Uh, both, you know, Frank's, uh, uh, he's one of those guys that just comes, understands the offense really well and, and, and is an explosive playmaker. I mean, he's proven that virtually in every game he's played. Uh, McCoy Nickel is the same way. He's he's done a great job this, this uh, preseason as far as his knowledge of the offense and really taking that next step um, as as far as being able to you know, be on the field full time for us, and and Sean Peterson as well. You know, Sean uh, was a little was hurt early in the year last year, but towards the end of the year came in and did a great job. Uh, was very productive for us, and Cly- Kyle Flaherty as well. Kyle Flaherty uh, is a sophomore who you know did did some great things for us last year. So uh, that's a great group. Yeah, a lot of slot backs. Looking forward to seeing them, and then obviously Mark Riley graduated. Mm-hmm. You have to replace have his production in the aggregate. Who are some wide receivers you're looking to step up this year? Yeah, I, I think you know the guys that have that have kind of separated themselves a little. Marcus Ross has done a great job. Obviously, he's another sophomore that um, played for us later in the season last year, and and uh, has done a great job through camp. Noah Stebbins has come over from the defensive side, and was. A, you know, a, a very good receiver in high school, and I think this is going to, you know, a real good move for us overall as far as getting him into that position, and Brian Daly as well. So there's three guys for those two spots that I think, you know, we feel comfortable with as far as, as getting them out there, and, and, you know, whether it's in a rotation or whatever it might be. And obviously none of the skill position guys would succeed without the help of the offensive line. <laughs> Big guys up front, who have stood out for most for you in camp? Well, Jimmy Fagan and Mitch Hildreth are both seniors who st- played a lot of football for us, you know, both really three-year starters and, and have done a great job with their leadership and just their ability to understand what we're doing. Um, a guy that I think's taken a, a, a big step for, forward up there is is Dylan Rosh, who played a little bit for us last year, but has really come on and has done a great job both when we were up at Colby and, and 
Uh, just every time I, I turn on the tape, he's really showing up. And Sean Lovett's obviously back uh, at left tackle. And, and again, a young guy who understands what we're doing more. And so um, we're, you know, we're that's a good group as well, we feel. Excellent. Now let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, even though, obviously, you're head coach, but you're also coaching linebackers this year. And that's where you played, uh, you know. Uh, when you play football and everything, so how nice is it to be coaching linebackers again? <laughs> uh, it's 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 nice to be back. No, no offense to the offensive guys, but <laughs> defense is my roots. It's nice to be back on the dark side, that's for sure. Uh, I think it fits my personality a little bit better. Um, that you know, they, that's a we, we really feel good about where we are right now. Uh, uh, you know, we've got a host of guys up front, starting up front with the defensive line. We've got. You know, really, three guys at nose, and and uh, Colin Richardson, and Connor DeSantis, and Walter Washington, who's going to play a little bit in there as well as at at the end. And all three of those guys, uh, you know, bring something good to the table. And then, as at our edge positions, Ken Dumas is back, uh, Sean Antonuccio's back, uh, Jack Merritt's is back, um, and uh, Andrew Siegel is back. All all those guys played for us last year. Tyler Harrington is a sophomore. And, and Calvin Johnstone is a sophomore, and both those guys, uh, Tyler's really come on and done a great job for us, and I think Calvin's going to be you know, a guy that will probably in some pass rush situations and things like that that we're going to be able to get in. So overall, that's a very, very deep, talented group with the defensive line. Um, you know, the, the, the stack linebackers, obviously Mark Upton, is, you know, he's, he's as good as we've, we've had here at any position. Um, Extremely instinctive. I mean, I, you know, I've been fortunate to be able to coach some some pretty good linebackers over my career, and he's as instinctive as anybody I've I've coached. And um, just a, a real, you know, it's a cliche, but he's a real student of the game. He spends a lot of time watching tape. And the guy that I think's made some huge strides for us this year and really come into his own. Um, you know, obviously started for us last year, but Sam Francis has had an outstanding camp just uh, done a great job in a leadership role and also just with his performance and Max Breschke who's back as a kind of our weak side stack guy has really you know kind of figured it out last year was his first year back to football and and so I think he's a lot more comfortable in that role and and uh, uh, Chase Fulton's a young guy a sophomore who we feel was you know going to give us some some quality snaps in, 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 in there as well. Um, the outside lap backers, we call them the down safeties. Right. Um, Andrew Jankalunas is a returning starter. Uh, we moved um, Joe Frake, who played quite a bit at free safety for us, closer to the ball. I think he'll do a great job there. Um, um, and we, Ivan Reese, who came over from offense, is, is playing that position as well. And we actually got a, a freshman who'll be in the mix a little bit there, James Hussey, who, who's, who's really done a good job for us there. Uh, Excellent. Now let's go back to Upton real quick before yeah. we talk about the secondary. Um, you mentioned most instinctive, instinctive player, a student of the game. I mean, when, when he's this good, winning all these awards, what does he need to do to take his game even to the you know next level this season in terms of like production? Because he's been so productive. Yeah, like, I, I mean, what, what, where is there room for improvement? <laughs> well, there's always room yeah. for improvement. You know, I mean, that, that, that's you know when you get to that point, you might as well turn turn your cleats in and you <laughs> right. don't need to improve anymore but he uh um you know i i think his knowledge of the run game and everything he's done there is outstanding i think he's taken the next step 
for himself personally in the past game, and I think that can be a big help for us. It's just understanding that, you know, what what his role in that is when he's in coverage. Obviously, we do blitz him quite a bit because he, he's great at that. And uh, but when he's in coverage, I think he's done a really good job of you know um, seeing the football and, and being able to break on it. So. Excellent. Now let's look at that secondary. Obviously, Trevor Lyons made some huge plays last year for you guys. You have him back there again um, in, the, in a free safety role. Uh, what are you looking for from him this season? Yeah, well, you know, we, we started we, – our grand plan last year was to have him be the free safety, and, and it just didn't work out last year with, with, with some injuries and some things, and we had to move him back to corner. He's – again, he's a he's a, a great leader, one of the best leaders I've, I've been around, and uh, – and just a, a very knowledgeable player, plays hard all the time. And, and uh, I think, you know, having having a really solid nose guard, a really solid middle linebacker, and a really solid free safety is is kind of, a, a, you know, what you can grow off as a defense. And, and uh, so having him in there has been a big plus for us. Um, and then the corner positions, again, you know, Brandon Williams is back. Um, he's he's a very instinctual player. Does does a great job breaking on the ball, and then you know really we've got we've got three guys that that athletically are all capable of playing. Um, they're all still young, so they're up and down a little bit. They're all three sophomores. Uh, Art Churchwell, who played quite a bit for us, Coy Candelario, and uh, Kevin Claflin, who was hurt last year, um, and so all three of those guys have. You know, again, it's it, that that's kind of like the dive back position. They're all three capable of playing for us. They all will play for us. You know, somewhere in in the game, and um, it, you know, wish we had that type of competition at every position because it makes everybody better. So, um, so again, that you know that if you look on paper, where as far as starters coming back and things like that, we're technically more experienced on the defensive side of the ball. But a lot of the guys on offense did, you know, play uh, legitimate snaps for us last year. So, gotcha. And then obviously your punter and your kicker are, are both back, right? Yeah, and our long and our long, long snapper. snapper. So, yeah. um, we're we're fortunate to have have all three of those guys back, and um, you know they they all work real hard at their craft, and and uh, we expect them all to take you know take the next level, take the next step in, in their productivity. So obviously this time of the year, you know, the week leading up to the first game, there's a lot of optimism in every camp in the country. From your perspective, what's your biggest uh, concern? Maybe ner- something making you a little nervous right now going to the first game, if anything. Well, I think anything, you know, anytime. Um, to be honest with you, the, the, uh, our health, mm. you know, our, 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 being, our ability to stay healthy um, over the course of, of the season, I, I think it's – um, you know, and, and it's not unique to Bates. It's unique. It's probably, you know, somewhat of a, a at any level. But I think, especially at the Division Three level, you know, we've got some. I think some quality football players here behind them. A lot of times, you have some young guys who will be good football players, but you'd like to let them be seasoned by you know a year of practice and JV games and things like that before they they actually have to step on the field for you and but that you know it doesn't always work out so um but we'll you know we'll do everything within our power to try to keep guys healthy and fresh so that um they're, they're able to show up on Saturday and get after it I am curious obviously we, we touched on Trandy earlier obviously mm-hmm. being a very good program you didn't play them last year 
And um, how much, you know, in terms of a film study do you do from what they did last year compared to, because like it's the opening game, you haven't seen them this year yet, right. you didn't play them last year, how much does that come into play, if at all? It does a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of it's speculation. You know, they, they, they return virtually everybody mm -hmm. on offense, so I, I, I don't see them. They're very well coached. I don't see them changing a whole lot um, you know they, they, they they're actually returning all their skill positions besides um, and, and then all but two of their linemen so um, it, it's they're a very veteran group I you know so I, tendencies you can kind of throw out the window for the for us for the first couple of weeks because even the second week we've only got one game from this season on but uh, I, you know, I think from some of the things that, that they've done over the year and the great thing about playing in a conference is even though we don't see them every, we don't see Trinity every year, we see them every, you know, few years. And, and, and um, we always, you know, we'll look at every, every film from the year before and try to, try to see what we can come up with. All right, great. Well, we're looking forward to kickoff on Saturday. Thanks so much, Coach. Thank you. How will the football team's opener go? And will our other fall sports pick up some victories this week? We'll let you know next time on the Bates Bobcast.